You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, how's it going? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast. Your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your Thursday crossover episode here at the Locked On Rams podcast. And for those that are watching on YouTube, you're probably wondering, where's the other picture? Well, we decided to do it a little bit differently this week. Patricia Trainer, the host of the Locked On Giants podcast, likes to do it in this format. So we'll go about it like this. I'll give you guys a quick little update here to begin in the first segment. And then in the second and third segments, we'll dive into the crossover portion of this episode. And Patricia does a great job of breaking down everything you need to know about the Giants in this one from who we can expect to play. Because like I mentioned in the intro, this team is battered and bruised right now. They could be missing a lot of important players in this game. And obviously some of the weaknesses and strengths of both sides of the ball for the Giants. And if you guys want to hear me break down the Rams, you can go check out her channel at Locked On Giants, whether that's YouTube or any other podcast platform where you find us. And uh, you can hear me talk about the Rams there where, you know, I'm going to answer all the in-depth questions on that podcast. So to begin quickly, I just wanted to give you guys maybe a quick update in terms of what to look out for in this game from our perspective, the Rams side. I know you guys are Rams listeners. You want to hear us talk about the Rams, but you know, it's also good to know about the opponent, which is why the second and third segments are going to be dedicated to that in what is going to be a good game here between the Rams and the Giants. Of course, they played before last year. They played the Rams barely narrowly escaped out with a victory. Uh, in terms of this contest here, bringing some of the numbers to the limelight, uh, you look at the the defense for the Giants, right? This is where the Rams are going to want to attack. Uh, not that great. I mean, in terms of the numbers, they are subpar pretty much across the board. As a pass defense, they're allowing 17.6% of their passing plays to be explosive passing plays, which I want to say is passing plays of 15-plus yards. That is 23rd in the NFL, so quite a lot of those passing plays are of 15-plus yards, and that's obviously not good for a secondary that wants to be tighter in their coverage. And it's a very good thing for Matthew Stafford, the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, and some of those receivers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, of course, Deshaun Jackson. Feels like this is a game where the Rams are really going to be able to find a lot of explosive plays. I genuinely think that's going to be the case in this one. So, You got to like where they match up and how they match up there. And then you move to the run defense component of the Giants. They might even be worse here. I mean, in terms of the yards per carry allowed, 4.7 right now, that is 28th in the NFL. That is obviously just a terrible metric. You cannot be that bad of a run defense and expect to win football games. I mean, teams could literally just run all over you as much as they want and basically walk out of there with a victory. And I don't mean to make it sound too easy, but I'm just saying, if you can't stop the run, really, how are you going to limit teams and put them behind the chains and in longer down in distances to make it more difficult to try and convert those chains and stay on the field for the Rams? We know that they don't love to run the ball a ton. Of course, Sean McVay is a guy that always goes back to the passing game at the end of the day. But at the end of the day here, both aspects of the Rams match up well here. They can run the ball effectively. They have two good running backs in Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle, who have been very productive this season. And they have a passing game to match that is maybe more explosive than any passing game in football right now. So I definitely feel concerned for the Giants, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Then you flip the page, the Giants offense versus the Rams defense. They've been pretty good in terms of certain metrics. I mean, you look at these sacks allowed. They've only allowed eight on the season, 
which is double what the Rams have allowed, but eight is not much. That's fifth best in the NFL. But there's a big question mark here. Is Daniel Jones going to be the quarterback? Is he going to be healthy? And if he is, then I think the Rams could have some issues bringing him down because he's a very mobile player. But if he's not out there, that means Mike Glennon is going to be out there. And he is literally the definition of a statue in the pocket. And I genuinely fear for his well-being if he is the quarterback because they've allowed 95 pressures this season. That is 21st in the NFL. That is not good. The Rams have been very good at pressuring quarterbacks. They just haven't been very good at converting a lot of those pressures into sacks. But when you get a guy like Mike Glennon back there, it is going to be a lot easier than what they've seen over the past two weeks. You look at Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. Those might be the two most elusive quarterbacks in football, at least two out of the three or four when you look at guys like Lamar Jackson as well. Now Mike Glennon might be the guy back there. That is literally the complete opposite of what those guys are. That could spell a big, long day for that offense on the Giants, but also a productive one for that defensive line for the Rams, which is going to be interesting to see how this battle shakes out because their offensive line, the Giants, is also banged up. They might not have second-year player at left tackle Andrew Thomas in this game, and if they don't, it's only going to make that battle even tougher for them to guard when you look at guys like Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, some of the other names that have stepped up, Terrell Lewis, this unit looks very potent this season. Not that great in terms of the numbers. You know, they're not top three or really even top five or top 10, but they've been productive and they've played some tough matchups and they've been good at limiting these guys. So I genuinely think that they have a good opportunity in this game, especially if it's Mike Glennon to run up some of those numbers. Now, in terms of the prediction for this game, I do think the Rams are going to come out on top here. I think on Patricia's channel, I want to say I said... The prediction would be 27 to 16 or 26 to 17, something around there. But I'm going to change my mind. I think the Rams are going to get a 30 burger here. I think it's going to be like 31 to 14 or 31 to 13 type of score line here. Of course, I don't know the injury updates, so I don't even know who's going to play for the Giants right now. I'm literally just basing this off of the idea that some of those guys are probably going to miss this game. But if they're fully healthy, maybe they score 17 or 20 points. If they're not fully healthy, I'm expecting something in that 13 to 17 range, probably towards the lower end. And I do think that the Rams will have a lot of success on the offensive side of the ball. In just a moment here, you guys can obviously stick around and we'll dive into the crossover portion of this episode. You guys can follow us on Twitter always at QB's MVP and at Locked on Rams and on YouTube at Locked on Rams. And I want to tell you quickly about one sponsor before we dive into that crossover. Rock Auto, you've heard me talk about them many times on this podcast. If you have a car, you probably went to the garage you probably needed to order some part at some point, wait seven to 10 business days, pay an outrageous price. Maybe your mechanic can't even find that part. You don't have to deal with these problems anymore. Just go check out rockauto.com. They're a family owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You heard me correctly. That's two decades, a long time. These people will take care of you. They've got every make and model that you can imagine. So if your car is brand new, or 20 years old, they most likely got what you need regardless of what it is or what you want. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself or you're a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, you should check out rockauto.com. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. And now we can dive into this crossover portion of this Thursday episode. Locked on Rams listeners, welcome back to the second segment here. We're now going to dive into this crossover 
Thursday episode and portion of this episode, of, of course. So um, I'm joined by Locked On Giants host Patricia Trina. It's going to be a good one here. Uh, we're going to get to break down the offense and defense for the Giants here. Not really a familiar foe for the Rams, of course. Not really uh, play too often, but the Rams and the Giants did have a game last year. So, of course, there's a little bit of familiarity there. But, uh, Patricia, I got to begin with all the injuries first. And, and we're recording this a little bit early. So, you know, it's really anyone's guess what's going to happen here. But uh, for those that didn't watch the game last week or aren't really caught up, I mean, the Giants have a litany of injuries that's obviously going to change uh, the scope of this game, whether it was people who were injured this past week or players that were injured prior to this week that weren't playing. So uh, I'll hand over the floor to you, especially on that offensive side of the ball. What is it looking like for the status of a lot of these players from the quarterback to the running back to some of the best receivers on this team? Yeah, it looks like a mash unit. That's <laughs> basically the way I, I can describe it. So the Giants will probably be without quarterback Daniel Jones, who was dealing with a concussion. He is in the protocol this week. And, my guess is if he doesn't practice Wednesday and Thursday, which I don't anticipate he will, we will not see him. I, I don't know if his concussion is going to be a one week affair or a couple weeks, you know, knowing Daniel and how he is, my, my guess is he's going to want to try and come back as quickly as possible. So Daniel Jones, I would say is probably safe to count out Saquon Barkley with the sprained ankle. Now that's a low ankle sprain. It's not going to cost him hopefully, you know, three, four, five games, but it is going to cost him this week. I mean, I think we, those of you who watched the game Sunday against the Cowboys, you saw that the Fox cameras caught the swelling on that ankle and it looked like the size of a golf ball starting there. So he's not going to play. Kenny Galladay, the number one receiver, will probably not play. He's got a hyperextended knee and um, the NFL Network reported that he could miss up to two weeks. So he's out. Now, the other question is if that's not enough, you have Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton, both of whom have now missed two games because of hamstring strains. I think Shepard's a little closer to returning. I think of the two, I can see Shepard coming back. Um, and again, as we record this, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I haven't seen the injury report. But if Shepard can go limited on Wednesday and Thursday, I think he has a good chance of coming back. Slayton, I'm not so sure where he's at. So I don't want to venture a guess there. And then if that's not enough, hey, you know, why not? Let's go to the offensive line. We've got injuries across the board here. Andrew Thomas, their stellar left tackle. He was active last week against the Cowboys, but did not get in the game. He was basically kept on the side as an emergency option. He is dealing with a foot ailment. And it was pretty clear if you watched him during pregame that that foot was still bothering him. Now, we don't know if it's an ankle or what's going on exactly in that foot, but it was it was noticeable enough for him to have trouble with anchoring and just moving around. There was a noticeable limp. So the hope is he will be ready to go. But again, I, I think at this point, it's too soon for me to say yes or no on him. I have to see how he practices. But if they can get him limited on Wednesday, Thursday, I think he has a good chance of getting in there. If you know, if no other reason on a rotational basis, you know, getting him in there for some of the game is better than none of the game. Whereas last week he just couldn't get in at all. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stay on that offensive line. I know, like you mentioned, he didn't play in this past game. Uh, and I do believe that they moved right tackle Nate Solder back to his old spot at left tackle. Is that sort of the plan if Andrew Thomas can't go in this game? Yeah, unfortunately it is. And here's the thing, you know, Andrew Thomas has been playing so well this season that they haven't had a role help over there. He's basically been left alone on an island, done his thing, 
And any help that they normally give to the tackles, they've rolled over to Nate Solder's side. And the first four games, the Giants offensive line is blocked pretty well, pass blocked pretty well. Um, last week, not so much so. Even though they didn't allow any sacks, Daniel Jones, when he was in there, never got comfortable because he had a guy in his face. Um, Solder struggled. Matt Parrott didn't do too badly, but then again, the Cowboys were smart enough to put the better pass rushers, uh, Randy Gregory, against uh, Nate Solder with success. So the Giants finally had to put help over there in the form of chipping from running backs and tight ends. And it just, they never got him comfortable in the pocket, Daniel Jones. And it just showed up in the passing game because it was out of sync. Yeah, and I have to move into the backfield now. Uh, Like you mentioned, Saquon Barkley, not going to play in this game. Of course, he's just a special type of player and weapon. But I think Devontae Booker is another player that a lot of people don't really maybe know about, but he's a solid player, and he's been a guy that's obviously been in the NFL for a while now. Uh, what does he bring to the table? And in terms of trying to replace Saquon Barkley, uh, you're never really able to do that, but how much can he do that in terms of this game? Yeah, Devontae Booker is acceptable. Um, he's an every down back. He can do everything that you need him to, run, catch out of the backfield, pass pro. Um is he a Saquon Barkley? No, you're not going to get this guy isolated on a, on a linebacker and have him necessarily beat the linebacker, but he's a good between the tackle runner. I don't know that he has the same shiftiness of a Barkley, um, but if, if you're looking to maybe run between the tackles, you can try it, uh, which is going to be tough because, you know, with Aaron Donald in there and uh, on that Rams defensive line, that, that could be quite the challenge. Although, It's been said that if you run right at Aaron Donald, you have a chance of maybe, you know, winning that battle once in a while, not, not every time, but, uh, but yeah, Booker would be the main guy. Um, I could see them also maybe giving some snaps to um, Gary Brightwell, who's a rookie who runs well between the tackles and Eli Penny, who's their fullback, but who has been taking snaps at halfback um, here and there. And, and, has been doing pretty well with that. So I think it'll be a by-committee approach, same as it was last year when Barkley had the torn ACL. Unfortunately, they don't have Wayne Gallman, who I absolutely loved as a player. I loved his running style um, because he just would hit the hole and push. And uh, I, I don't feel the Giants have guys to do that on a regular basis. So we might even see Alfred Morris brought back. I think Alfred Morris is still a free agent. And who knows, by the time this podcast airs, maybe he will be a, been signed because he does know the offense. But yeah, Booker's going to be the main guy. And uh, you'll probably see also, I'm sure, some jet sweeps and some stuff in the, in the backfield with the receivers and tight ends. But Booker's going to be the guy. That's especially notable for the fantasy football players that are listening to this podcast. Make sure to go at them on the waiver wire for this week. But uh, the quarterback position, I mean, this is really an important one. Obviously, this is the person who's going to basically dictate how an offense performs, I I think, every snap. And uh, you mentioned that Daniel Jones probably not going to go in this game. Uh, It's probably safe to assume that. Now you look at Mike Glennon, brings a little bit of a different skill set to the table in terms of the comparison between the two. How does this offense change or does it change really when you have Mike Glennon in there instead of Daniel Jones? Well, first the similarities is they both have strong arms. I mean, Glennon has a cannon for an arm, uh, which is a big reason why the Giants moved on from Colt McCoy last year to Mike Glennon, because they knew they wanted to put more vertical concepts in the, in the passing game. And Glennon can deliver that where they lose out on, if you will, with Glennon is the mobility factor. So, I don't think you'll see a lot of designed runs. I don't think you'll see very many RPOs. 
Um, I, I just don't, you know, I, I just don't see them moving Glennon out of the pocket unless they have to. You know, you might see one here and there, but certainly not to the degree that you would see with Daniel Jones, who is a very good runner, very athletic, very mobile, and a guy who can get you the yardage. I think um, I, I could be wrong, but I think he was up until last week at, at any rate, he was the leading rusher on the Giants in terms of rushing yardage. I don't know if he still is or not, but he was on his way to he's he's definitely up there with Saquon. So, yeah, Glennon doesn't really provide that aspect to the game, but. If you're asking him to stay in the pocket, read the defenses, make sound decisions, he can do that for you. So can they survive with him? Yes. But they also better be careful with him because if he gets hurt on a run or any kind of play, now what do they do? We're going to take a quick break here to tell you about our second sponsor for this episode. You guys have heard me talk about betonline.ag many times on this podcast as an avid better myself. It makes the game a lot more fun. Of course, the Rams games are probably a little bit more exciting for you guys outright, but for all the other games, the Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football games, those one game slates, this is going to spice it up in my opinion for you. It's going to make those games a lot more interesting. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You guys have heard me and Brad talk about some of the best that we place every week, uh, some of the parlays we're trying to hit, and you know we have some success. Sometimes we don't win, sometimes we do. You guys can go check out Bet Online because they're your fastest and safest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball, all the way to horse racing and even boxing. These guys are going to have you covered. Don't wait and take advantage of all your favorite sports right now while the great offers are still available for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now we can return to this episode. Yeah, that 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 would be a, a catastrophic uh, scenario. Obviously, nobody wants to deal with the third quarterback on a roster, which most teams don't have. So I want to flip to the other side of the ball now, take a look at some of that defense, because I feel like this unit's very underrated. I, I like a lot of the players on this unit, and I want to begin up front with the defensive line. How have they looked in terms of some of the younger guys developing? You look at players like Dexter Lawrence, uh, some of the players that I really like coming out of the draft, like Aziz Ojolari. How have these guys fared this season? Are they looking pretty decent against the pass and against the run? The run defense has been a problem. <laughs> they allowed over 100 yards to Alvin Kamara in week four. Last week against Dallas, I think they ran for over 200 yards. I don't know what's going on with that run defense. I personally think it's because they're missing Dalvin Tomlinson, who went, who left them via free agency, went to Minnesota, and Blake Martinez, the inside linebacker, who could clean up a lot of that stuff because – you know, he had such good sideline to sideline range and and uh, was able to hide, if you will, the deficiency that is on the edges where they have been playing soft against the run. So that is a concern. But to your question about the defensive line, they've been solid, but they haven't made any wow or statement plays like they were making last year. The whole defense, quite honestly, has been in that boat. I don't know what has happened. I mean, it's the same coordinator, basically the same personnel the same scheme. I don't know why they're not taking it to the next level. You know, instead of going from level 101 to level 201, they have gone backwards. And I'm not sure why that is, but um, they need more from those guys up front. And I think a big problem, you know, you, when you look at the pass rush, a lot of that's on the defensive backfield and them not being able to hold their coverage. But then again, the guys up front, when they send four, they're not getting home. And that's a problem. 
Yeah, and I want to take it right to the secondary. It was a good transition uh, on your behalf. I, you know, I like a lot of the players here as well. Someone I think is one of the super underrated players in this in this sport is uh, James Bradbury, one of the best corners in the NFL, in my opinion. You look at some of these new pieces, guys like Adoree Jackson, some of the returning players, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan. How has this unit fared together? How are they gelling? Do they look like they're sort of living up to the hype for someone who's outside of the building, doesn't really get to watch them as much? Unfortunately, no, James, you know, I, t- I talked about, uh, you know, I, I talked about how this defense took a step back. The biggest step back has been in the secondary. James Bradbury does not look like the shutdown cornerback he was last year. Okay. He's, he's giving up long passes. He's giving up touchdowns. I think I saw a stat where he's now pretty close to giving up what he gave up all of last year. And it's only been five games. So I'm not sure what's going on with, with Bradbury. Is it because, you know, he's not getting enough safety help? Is he nursing an injury that nobody knows about? I don't know the answer to that. Then on the other side, they brought in Adoree Jackson, the former Titans player. And he's been okay, but has he made any wow plays? No. The safeties, you know, that's an interesting thing too. I have said on my show before, and I'll say it here again, the safeties, I think, for the Giants are miscast in their roles. You have Jabril Peppers, who, by the way, is dealing with a, a hamstring strain. So I don't know if he's going to play this week, but you've had him play coverage more so than in the box in that star linebacker spot. And why you're having him play coverage, I don't understand that. When you have Xavier McKinney and Logan Ryan, two guys who are better equipped to play coverage. So I had proposed on one of my shows that the Giants maybe flip some of the roles around, have Jabril Peppers, if he's healthy, come in and play some of that box safety star linebacker type of role, have uh, Xavier McKinney, who's got the speed and the range, do the deep center field work. And Logan Ryan can maybe, you know, go back and forth between coming up and dropping back. So I think part of that is the problem. I mean, you know, when I look at this defense, there's enough blame to go around. I mean, the edge rushers are not getting home. They're not setting the edge against the run. Um, the front four is not getting home, but the defensive secondary, I think, has been the biggest disappointment on this Giants defense, given what's invested in them and what was expected of them. Okay, so I, I got one question for you. You asked a similar question. If you're Matthew Stafford or, or Sean McVay and you're kind of looking at this depth chart here on the defensive side of the ball, um, and you're trying to plan, you know, a sort of a game plan here, looking at where you want to throw the ball or what you want to do against this defense. Is there one area that you're sort of targeting? Is there a player that you're looking at, a, a matchup that you really like here uh, for the Rams offense when it comes to this Giants defense? Yeah, I would target the intermediate middle part of the field. All right. Again, the Giants, their off-ball linebackers are Tate Crowder and Reggie Raglan. Reggie Raglan is a good downhill run stopper and coverage I don't think very many giant fans want to see him in coverage. He's not that, you know, proficient in coverage. Tay Crowder is okay in coverage, but is he the answer? I don't think so. (laughs) And considering how the giants have been playing their safety so deep. I mean, at at times you look at the field and you say, my gosh, they might as well be playing with just 10 guys because they have a safety so deep. He's not even in the equation by the time the play is over. So I would go after the middle of the field. A lot of teams, when they have attacked the Giants in the passing game, 
have had success throwing in the middle of the field in those zones because the Giants have been playing a loose zone. They've been, you know, the, the zone coverage has just been, I, I think, very shaky. And that's another thing that's really weird. The strength of the Giants defense, I think, is in man, you know, press man coverage. And I don't know what the percentage is, but off the top of my head, they haven't been doing that a lot. They've been going more with zone, and I don't know if that's because of the personnel they have or they're just trying to get their feet underneath them, but I would go way after that zone coverage, especially in the middle part of the field. Yeah, it sounds like the Rams and the Giants are sort of having similar problems, not not really even knowing their personnel may be best on the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of weird for us to be saying about professional uh, coaches, but I'm going to kick it over to you one more time here. Uh, is there any X factor, maybe any matchup to watch that you really have circled? And then, of course, you can share your score prediction as well for this contest. I'm going to say the pit. I'm going to say the pit matchup. And uh, and I don't know how often the Rams stunned, but the Giants have had struggles on their offensive line with picking up stunts and twists. And I think the Rams do, a, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Rams do a fair amount of stunting. A lot. Um, so the Giants now are on their umpteenth offensive line configuration. I mean, they, they're basically going to have a rotation now. It looks like at left guard uh, with Wes Martin and Matt Skira, which I, by the way, I'm totally against. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, is Andrew Thomas going to be able to play or are they going to have a rotation going on at left tackle? God, I hope they don't do that. I mean, that would be disastrous. Um, so I would say, yeah, the, 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 the X factor is what goes down in the pit and if I had to give an edge, I would give the edge right now to the Rams, the off- the Giants offensive line, you know, to me, and I've said this before, if you've got to rotate guys in, if you don't know who your best five are and you've got to go to rotation, that's not very reassuring to me. So that's how it looks like what the Giants are going to do. But um, who knows? Joe Judge might surprise us and might say, OK, these are my best five and this is who we're rolling with. I don't know that that will be the case, but. That would, you know, that would be a concern of mine. As for a score, you know, I said this a couple of weeks ago uh, before the Saints game. I said I needed a reason to believe in the Giants to pick them to win any game. The Saints game gave me reason to believe that they could be competitive. The Cowboys game gave me uh, basically dashed my reason to believe. <laughs> um, given the injuries given the problems on defense and how they, they just don't seem to have any answers. I'm not feeling good about the giants beating the Rams. I think, you know, can they be competitive? Yes. Can they score points against the Rams? Yes. Will they score more than 20 points? I don't think so. If I had to take a guess for the giants, I think they're going to score about 17 points. Maybe. Um, I think the Rams win this one. And gosh, I'm going to say maybe 28, 17. Yeah, that's, um, I think that was the exact same score I might've had. It was, it, it it? was close for sure. It might've been like 27. So we're, we're right in lockstep here with this prediction. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game between two teams that don't face each other too often. Of course, they did play that game last year. So a little bit of familiarity, same coaching staffs for the most part, same head coaches, of course. So going to be fun to watch this intra-conference battle between the Rams and the Giants. Uh, listeners, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams podcast and the Locked On Giants podcast. Make sure to tune back 
in throughout the rest of the week. We're going to continue to cover the Rams and the Giants and give you guys all the updates you need to know about this contest. That is all for this episode. Thank you guys so much and enjoy this game.